Most grandparents are known to spoil their grandkids with lots of love and food. What would cause a five-year-old boy to die at the hands of his grandparents? Hello and welcome to 90-Minute Escape. Today's case is about a young boy named Jeffrey Baldwin. Jeffrey was born on the 20th of January, 1997, in Toronto, Canada. He had an elder sister and his parents were Yvonne Kidman and Richard Baldwin. I've seen pictures of Jeffrey and he's such a cute little kid. He has blonde hair and he has the sweetest smile you'd ever see. There's one picture where he's wearing this little Superman costume and it's just so cute. Just one year after Jeffrey was born, there were allegations that he and his sister were being abused by their parents and that they were fighting all the time. Because of these allegations, both Jeffrey and his sister were taken out of their home by the Catholic Children's Aid Society, also known as the CCAS. In 1998, they were placed with their grandparents from their mother's side, who are Elva and Norman. Altogether in the house, there were six adults and six children living under one roof. In the year 2000, a co-worker of the society was checking up on the children and noticed that Jeffrey had a bruise under his eye. But it didn't seem like a big concern to them and it was dismissed and said to be an accident. On the evening of the 30th of November 2002, a 911 call was made by the grandparents. They told the operator that Jeffrey was not crying or breathing. When the paramedics went to the house, they were expecting to find everyone in a panic state. Or at least to have some kind of emotion because, I mean, this is a five-year-old child that we're talking about. And he's not breathing. But the paramedics did not see any sign of that. The house was quiet and the lights were out. No one could take a look at these people and know that there was an emergency. It was as if no one cared about Jeffrey. The paramedics knocked on the door a few times and finally someone opened the door. They were told to keep their voices down and they were slowly led into the house. When they entered the house, they noticed there was a strong smell of urine. But they just ignored it because, well, after all, they're here for Jeffrey. But they did think it was weird. The paramedics were led to the kitchen where Jeffrey was laid on the table. They noticed that Jeffrey was covered in sores, bruises and abrasions. Jeffrey weighed only 21 pounds. At 5 years old, Jeffrey was only weighing slightly less than he did on his first birthday. An average 5-year-old should weigh about 30 to 45 pounds. Jeffrey had sunken eyes and he was cold. The paramedics tried everything they could to save Jeffrey, but it was too late. Jeffrey died on the 30th of November, 2002. He was only five years old. Medics said that he looked like he had been dead for a long time. The detective on the case said it was the worst death of a child he had ever seen. Not even the doctor doing the autopsy could believe what he was seeing. It was officially stated that bacterial pneumonia was the cause of death. This comes from breathing in his own feces. Although it's clear to see that the real cause of Jeffrey's death was severe and prolonged malnutrition. I saw a picture of Jeffrey at the hospital and I was shocked. Jeffrey looked like a completely different person. He looked like a skeleton. 
you could literally see every bone in his body. It's concerning how thin he was. How could people live with a child who looks so malnourished? Any grown adult can take one look at him and know that he needed help. Now, you might ask, what happened to Jeffrey in those four years that he stayed with his grandparents? And how did no one notice something was wrong? On the 19th of March 2003, Jeffrey's grandparents were arrested and charged with second-degree murder. During the trial, so much information came out on how Jeffrey was being treated by his grandparents, and it's extremely upsetting. The two eldest children were seen as the good kids, and they lived what seemed to be a normal life. But Jeffrey and his sister were seen to be the bad kids. They were called pigs. Calling children names is such a messed up thing to do. Such things stick with children. And when they grow up, everyone wonders why they think so low of themselves. Well, it's because a part of them will always remember that they were once looked at as pigs. And a part of them will always believe that they are. One of the adults living in the house was a man by the name of James Mills. And he was the boyfriend of Jeffrey's aunt. James said that, the grandparents did not like Jeffrey or his sister. To them, they were just dollars and cents. All they cared about was the money that they would receive every month for taking care of the children, or in this case, for keeping them like they were animals or something. Jeffrey and his sister were treated terribly by their grandparents. Both Jeffrey and his sister were kept in a locked room at night. And when they were finally let out, their food was placed on a mat on the floor and they were forced to eat that food with their hands. During the investigation, a police officer squeezed one of the mattresses in the cribs that Jeffrey and his sister were sleeping in, and urine came pouring out of it. The room Jeffrey and his sister lived in had no heat, there was no vent, and the window had been covered. This room was so dark and cold, and we all know just how cold Canada can get. Jeffrey and his sister were not allowed to leave the room, and therefore they had to go to the bathroom in their room. The other kids were allowed to go outside and play, but Jeffrey and his sister were only allowed to leave the room for exercise. And this exercise was just walking in circles in the kitchen, and if they stopped because they were tired, things would be thrown at them by their grandparents. The rest of the kids were sent to live with another foster parent after Jeffrey passed away. She said when she met the kids, they looked shell-shocked. Their eyes were like shark eyes, just dead and no emotion behind them. She said they could barely look her in the eyes or keep eye contact with her. One day, the children asked her, Where is the pig wall? Where is the pig room? And where is your pig ball? She was confused. What is a pig wall and who are the pigs? That's when she learned that pig was what the family would call Jeffrey and his sister. They would be told to stand by the pig wall if they did something wrong. It's so messed up because there's actually a picture where you can see Jeffrey and his sister. They are squatting by the wall and it's only now that we can know what they are doing. Jeffrey and his sister would eat food out of the pig bowl. They would wait until everyone else was done eating and they would eat the leftovers that were left behind. Jeffrey's siblings had to be taught how to use spoons and forks because they never knew how. They only knew how to eat with their hands. Now, in lots of cultures around the world, eating with hands is normal and it's no problem. 
But in this case, it's horrible how people can make kids eat on the floor with their hands whilst everyone else eats at the table using utensils. Now that is messed up. Why can't they just sit at the table just like everyone else? Jeffrey's sister's feet were bright red, which is thought to be from all the urine that she had dripping down her legs. She had open wounds on her feet and stomach. Her stomach was extended and she had sores and ulcers under it. One day, Jeffrey's sister was getting ready for bed with her foster mom. She then turned to the toilet and she started to drink water from it. Her foster mom was shocked. What she didn't know is that Jeffrey and his sister were starved and barely got any water. Naturally, your body demands for water if you don't drink water for a long time. And they had to go to the extreme in order to quench their thirst. They would often drink out of the toilet bowl. I don't even have to tell you how messed up it is to be having kids drinking out of a toilet bowl. That just broke my heart. The kids knew not to talk about what was going on at home. They didn't fully understand what was going on because, well, this was the only life that they knew. But obviously they knew that it was bad. Because after Jeffrey's death, his sister later told officers that they couldn't tell anyone about the bad things that were happening at home because then the children's aid would come. And that to me sounds like they had been warned over and over again because how do children know about children's aid? It seems like someone was making sure that they never tell anyone about what was going on. The detectives continued to look into the case and what they found was even more shocking. The CCAS workers came to him with records that showed that the grandparents had a daughter that died in their care. Their daughter died from pneumonia. But when the autopsy was done, it was discovered that the young girl had been badly beaten. Elva was convicted for assaulting her child. This story was all over the papers at the time. If these people had taken the time to just look into the past records, they would have easily found this. How can you give children and put them in her care? After her first daughter's death, the couple went on to have two more children. They had a son named Fred and a daughter. Fred and his sister were often beaten by their mother. They had marks on their bodies from being tied to the bed with chains, like actual metal chains that they used to tie dogs. The chains would be tied around his stomach and his legs. Fred and his sister could not leave the room. And just like Jeffrey and his sister, they were starving and they were thirsty. They had to find a way to drink. And the only way they could do that was from the toilet. When they would flush the toilet, they would wait until the water comes out. And they would drink that water with their hands. To them, it seemed like it was cleaner water because it had just come out. It hadn't been sitting in the bowl for like a long time. You and I know that anything that comes close to a toilet bowl should not go anywhere near your mouth. But they were kids and they didn't know this. They were in survival mode and it was their only way to survive. At the time, a caseworker came to the house. She told their mother, Elva, to get her act together. The minute she was gone, Elva beat up Fred and his sister. You're lecturing or like shouting at this abuser. Who do you think is gonna pay? This caseworker saw the living conditions and still she left the children with her. I know so many children get taken away from mothers 
who make one small mistake every day. But here's someone who literally had a hand in her daughter's death and ties up her children to the bed. And all she gets is a, get your act together, Elva. I mean, what is wrong with these CCAS people? But thankfully, eventually Fred and his sister were taken out of the house because his sister showed up to school with bruises. Their father was charged with only $300 because of abuse. But even with this charge, he was still allowed to live in the house with more children. An assessment was made on Elva and it found that she was hitting her children, incapable of coping, and she was a danger to herself. But even with all these red flags, they didn't take her children away. The CCAS deemed her fit to take care of three children and in fact, they paid her for it. Jeffrey's mother said that she didn't know her parents were abusive. She only found out about it after the murder trial. Although she says she didn't know about the abuse, she said there was always a social worker coming in and out of their house. And even when she met Jeffrey's father and they moved out of the house, the social workers would then go to their house and keep on checking on them too. Jeffrey's parents were fighting a lot. And when his mother was seen shaking his sister, they finally decided to take Jeffrey and his sister away. On the day that the kids were taken away, Elva joined the CCAS worker. It almost seemed like she had become an ally with these CCAS people. Because how would you give a lady with such a terrible past of child abuse children to take care of? Just two months after living with Jeffrey and his sister, the grandparents applied for custody of the children. They were supposed to wait about six months, but they just rushed it and waited two months. Elva was keeping notes on Jeffrey's parents and she would tape record their phone calls. It felt like she was gathering evidence all in an effort to make sure that she could prove that they were unfit to be parents. Why would she be so eager, you may ask? I don't know who in this world would be so eager to take in children. Children are hard work and she didn't even seem to like them. Just like James said, the grandparents would receive money from the government to take care of these children. And like they would be getting money for each child, not just like a lump sum. Jeffrey's father said that he was pressured. He was put into a situation where he had to choose between either putting the kids into the system and letting them live with a stranger or keeping the kids with their grandparents where they can see them and later on down the line it would be easier to get them back. I just have to say, I don't know how I feel about Jeffrey's parents. When they gave an interview, they seemed to be angry, but at the same time, I wonder if they did everything in their power to help their child. The interviewer asked Jeffrey's mother why she was so angry, and she said she was angry at her mother and a whole lot of people. They were quite young when they had a child. I think the mother was 16 or so, and maybe they were still a little immature. Maybe that's why. But I wasn't really getting any emotional vibes from them. Personally, it didn't feel like parents who were on an interview and they were so hurt and talking about their son that they loved and they miss and they just want justice. I don't know. It, it was giving a different vibe. Elva said that Jeffrey's father used drugs and that he would come to the house and play psychological games on the children. He would call them stupid, ugly, and useless. And I'm sorry, this part is funny, but in the interview, 
when the interviewer said this, the mother was like, no, that's a lie. This is bullshit. And Jeffrey's father is like, no, calm down. You can't say bullshit on TV. You need to say BS. And I'm like, is BS really better than bullshit? <laughs> Jeffrey's mother said that when the kids first started living with their grandparents, they looked happy and healthy. Only Jeffrey looked a little small. His younger brother was bigger than him in size. And they thought, well, maybe he's just going to be short. Because they did have short people in their family. Jeffrey's parents were not allowed to go into his room. The parents were told that the kids were drinking from the toilet. And when they asked why, Elva would give excuses like she didn't give him water before bed because she didn't want him to wet the bed. Making it seem like Jeffrey just didn't want to follow rules or something. They said they didn't want to question them because they knew that Elva would say, if you don't like our methods, well then you can leave. And they wanted to see their children, so they couldn't do that. Jeffrey's father said that he looked like an Ethiopian child. First of all, sir, that is not what Ethiopian children look like. And secondly, why the hell did you not call the police? That is physical evidence right there that you have. You can't hide a child that is being malnourished. You can't just feed him and make him look healthy in a day. That was a perfect chance to call the police. And in fact, the investigator said that if the paramedics were called just weeks before his death, Jeffrey could have been saved. But Jeffrey's father said that he didn't call CCAS or the police or anything because he thought that they wouldn't believe him because they had already been deemed as bad parents. They also thought that, well, the children's aid must be checking in on them, so eventually they might find something if there's a problem. But what they didn't know is that children's aid were not required to make visits and check in all the time. When the grandparents were taking in Jeffrey's younger brother, CCAS did a formal home study in which they checked the living conditions and everyone living in the house. And apparently, everything seemed fine to them. Later on, a sexual assault claim was made on Norman, the grandfather. CCAS made a visit and checked the place, and they said that there was nothing wrong. The crazy thing is that on that very day, CCAS did not check the entire house. If they would have just walked upstairs and checked Jeffrey and his sister's room, they would have clearly seen that there was a problem. Part of me wonders if they even wanted to do a complete check. I don't know if it's because these people are the children's grandparents and for that reason they feel like they don't really have to make a serious check or if maybe there's something shady going on between this grandmother and these CCAS people. A sexual assault claim is a serious thing. You can't just go to the house, look around and say everything's fine. Why not take the kids for a while, like take them far away from the grandparents where they won't feel threatened. Make them feel comfortable and ask them about their life at home. It's so upsetting how many moments they missed to save Jeffrey. Out of all the six adults living in the house, only one person talked and agreed to testify in court. James Mills. He said that around the time of death, Jeffrey was so weak that he had to crawl up the stairs. On the night of the death, James could hear Jeffrey coughing and sobbing in his room, but he didn't say anything 
because well he was living in the house rent free and i guess he didn't want to get on the grandparents bad side and risk getting thrown out every single adult in that house knew what was going on there's no way you can tell me none of them knew what was going on there was years of physical and emotional abuse and everyone just sat quietly and watched jeffrey as he slowly died jeffrey was extremely malnourished it was so bad you don't need to be a doctor to understand that this child needs help how do you see a 5 year old child pulling himself up the stairs and you just look the other way we need to do better as people man the detective said that if he had a chance to charge every single adult in that house he would do it immediately but they would all refuse to give statements one worker finally accepted to speak to the detective but she said she would only talk if they agreed that she would not be charged but the detective was like nah he couldn't do it there's no way he's going to let any one of them walk free if they had a hand in Jeffrey's death CCAS is a public agency and they are funded by the public but they refused to give the public any answers people trusted them with the children of the community and they were not willing to give an explanation as to what went wrong all they did was release a statement that roughly said that old records were not checked before handing the children over and that if they would have been checked then they would have acted differently they said they deeply regret jeffrey's tragic death knowing that they could have done more to prevent it has been heartbreaking for everyone involved people want to know how and why such a terrible thing happened and this statement does not give anyone any answers and it's just crazy that no one is being held accountable yes we know that his grandmother and those people did all those things to him but damn the system failed him too is no one going to be held accountable people have tried to look into it but it seems like CCAS doesn't want people questioning their decisions Jeffrey's brother and two sisters are still in CCAS's care the worker who put Jeffrey into Elva's care is still employed by the company Jeffrey's father and mother admit that they failed their son and his father said that he feels guilty about it every day It's been a couple of years now and I just hope that the kids are out of the CCAS care and that they are doing well. The judge was told about how the grandparents only kept the children for the money from the government support. On the 7th of April 2006, both grandparents were convicted of second degree murder. The grandfather was sentenced to 22 years in prison and his grandmother was sentenced to 20 years in prison. On the 22nd of November 2013, Todd Boyce, a Canadian who isn't even related to Jeffrey, started a campaign to raise money to have a bronze statue made in memory of Jeffrey. His goal was to raise $25,000, but he actually ended up raising $36,015. The statue was supposed to be of Jeffrey standing on the edge of a bench. and he would be dressed in a superman costume because superman was his favorite superhero and he loved to wear the costume dc comics initially denied permission for them to use the s symbol on the superman logo for the statue but they later allowed it i know i would have been pissed if they didn't allow it 
The study was unveiled in 2014. It's a great way to remember the innocent life that was lost. And it's an even better way to make sure that people don't forget what horrible things happened to Jeffrey and that it should never happen again. This case was a tough one for me. Child abuse is sadly a really common thing around the world. It doesn't matter how developed or civilized you think your country is, there are still people out there that are just being horrible to children. I personally have a soft spot for kids and this really hits me hard. As people, I think we need to learn to do better in the communities that we live in. Truth is, parents make mistakes and at the end of the day, every parent is learning on the job. I know there are situations where, for example, parents are finding it hard to make ends meet and maybe their kid doesn't have good shoes or their kid skips a few meals. Parents like that need help. They don't need their kids taken away from them and placed in God knows whose house. But now, nah, parents and guardians, like the one in this case, call the cops, call CPS, call the freaking FBI if you have to. If you don't want trouble, just make an anonymous tip like, hey, I see this kid, he's malnourished and he had sores and bruises all over him. Every community has different ways of helping children in need. I mean, don't go around calling cops on random kids' parents. I'm just saying, if there's a child that looks clearly in danger and physically harmed, it's worth a try. As for the sadistic grandparents, I have nothing to say to them. I don't know what kind of people can harm such a cute little boy. What did this little boy ever do to you? And if this was all for a chick, they are seriously insane. Jeffrey didn't deserve this treatment. His short stay on earth was a terrible one. His family and everyone around him failed him. I really hope that he is in a better place right now. He will definitely not be forgotten. That's it for today's case. Thank you so much for listening and please tune in for my next episode. And please share this if you know anyone who might like my content. I will really appreciate that. I would love to hear what you think about the case. You can slide in my DMs on Instagram. My Instagram is 90minuteescape underscore. Just a reminder, there is still a lot of good in this world. I know we talk about crazy cases here, but keep the hope alive. And please go out there and be the good that you want to see in the world. Bye.